Daddy, daddy is in the house, baby. Let's go. What up? What up? This is a damn good day when the Vlad is in the building, man. What's good, brother? Oh, life's good, man. Everything's good. It is good. And everything you've been working on is, is so spectacular. Uh, I'm truly impressed with you as an individual, your ability to build this you know, massive organization, which is Anopoly, uh, your ability to navigate all of the challenges that so many people have tried to do in the past and so many have failed and to do it with a smile, still having time <laughs> to do the things you like. Uh, I'm excited to jump into today's combo, bro. Yeah, it's going to be good. But before we jump into it, we're going to talk about Amazon Alexa. What's your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this before we started recording. And I, I, don't, I don't know, like, it's constant listening to you. And I'm a guy, I like my privacy, right? I like to go out and have fun, but also, like, I like to have my, you know, sacred time. And I don't want anything listening to me. And I I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. They are talking about this. You know, it never stops. And if somebody wants that information they can get it and it doesn't have to be the government it could be someone else it could be a private organization you know what i mean yeah they now have these uh met i just saw meta just teamed up with ray-ban yeah so yeah. now they're gonna have the gangster ray-bans with the ai attached yeah that's pretty crazy what yeah. are your thoughts on that i mean that's a new level i mean of, i think that's gonna Alexa be pretty out. cool i think it's gonna be cool like too. especially if you have the option to shut it off and put it away i think that's really cool the coolest thing with the alexa that. that i love is i love leds and lights so every single thing in this house is hooked up to like an led so yeah. i could say alexa turn dining room lights blue and she just rips nice that, you know what I'm saying? yeah so yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fun yeah um but without the led thing i probably wouldn't like it as much but i agree it's definitely extremely sketchy and then there's the argument well if i'm not doing anything bad just smoking weed and you know trying to get laid then you know amazon's not going to be creeping up on me yeah, you never know man so any, anybody out there has completely different motives again it's not about you doing anything bad yeah. at all 100 percent that's new, just my take. Well, on new it. times because we were just talking about the OG Halo when we first, like yeah. twenty plus years ago, when we yeah. were playing Halo, or you're dialing up and playing games like StarCraft or World of Warcraft, and to think about like where that's at now, and we live in a, in an age where our, you know, when we're ten years old, we're doing that, and now we're thirty plus, or how old are you? What twenty nine now? You're twenty nine, yeah. right? You're getting to that age where you get to experience like the coolest evolution of life right we get to experience all of the most badass those games we're literally gonna be able to play in, the, in our glasses now it's gonna be insane imagine being like 60 plus and like maybe like you're not as active as you used to be but you can just throw that on and you just get to yeah yeah and then we got brian johnson teaching us how to live forever you see that guy? yeah 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 that's why i got into peptides yeah really yeah He's the one that got you into it. Was well, it? It's, it's just a lot. Of, I've done a lot of research and I, I, I never wanted to do like steroids because I didn't want to mess my body up because like I'm still young and I got, you know, my body produces everything. I did a bunch of blood work, a bunch yeah. of different tests. But peptides are like, you know, they they just tell your body to produce more of something, whatever that specific thing is. Can you explain what peptides are, or like how you inject them? Yeah, so I mean, it depends. So, like when you go to the doctor, uh, the doctor will prescribe you de depending on your goals or if you have any issues. And then some of them go into your fat, so you just literally pinch your belly fat and just inject in your belly fat. And some of them you go into the muscle. Uh, most of them are just going to fat. It's very, it's very small needle. It's painless. Um, you just do it once a day, or some of them you do every three days or once a week. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, because the thing with takes a lot of things. The thing with like testosterone, like there's there's so much dudes out there that are. Oh, just, Miami's full of it. It's man. crazy. Everyone's on test. I was so I didn't understand it until it's now like 
if you look at a guy that's a certain size, you can almost assume he's on testosterone. Yeah. And absolutely. the issue is apparently if you start taking it too young, your body stops producing it, it later You on. start taking it anytime. Your body starts because it's a synthetic testosterone. So your body's like, oh, we don't need to make this anymore. So what a peptide does, like so there, I'm taking one that naturally will boost it. Yeah. Um, But it's telling my body, hey, do more of this. It's not giving my body something that's foreign and telling my body to stop producing. Did basically. you get your testosterone checked? Like yeah. What were your levels at? Um, I was at uh, 600. Nice. So I, I don't know. It was, it's basically like average for my uh, my age, yeah. but it can always be higher, right? Right. And I, but as long as you do it the right way, eat the right foods. Like I, I'm already eating the right foods. I have a good, good diet. All my levels are fine. So getting some peptides is like a little boost, basically. Definitely. Are you doing anything else? Are you doing like that, like sauna, ice bath? No. Because I see you in the gym all the time. Nope. I just lift weights, eat food, and... Um, Take a hot shower. I think you should get into it. I think you should get into the ice bath. I you got I that Russian vibes about it. I mean, like, yeah. So I'll I'll go like I'll, rarely I'll go in the sauna and then I'll go into the um the uh the cold, cold plunge, plunge, which is cool. Um, not that big of a fan of it to be honest. Is it because everyone else is jumping into it or just cold exposure in general? I don't like cold water. Yeah, I hate cold water so much. I yeah. have to force myself to do it every time. It's it's like I a, love a, hot tubs, man. <laughs> I grew up in a um I grew up in Ukraine, right? For the first eight years of my life I spent in Ukraine. I didn't always have hot water. I didn't always have clean, you know, clean water either. So like when people are saying, Hey, let's go camping or let's go, you know, an ice bath, I'm like, I had to do that when I was younger. I don't wanna go through that. <laughs> you what know part what I mean? Ukraine? Um Harkov. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, I, I didn't grow up. I, I grew up in a family that we, I was the only one that ate meat in my family because meat was so expensive. And my family prioritized the young kid to make sure he gets all the nutrients. And then my parents basically would just eat vegetables. Was it just you? Or you have siblings? Uh, no, it was just me. Only child. So I, lived with my, I grew up with my grandfather, grandmother, and my mother. Wow. Yeah. And then when did you come to the U.S.? And I was eight years old. What was that opportunity? Like, how did that transpire? I mean, dude, it was crazy. Like, I've never seen a black person until I came to the United States. It was like, it was a culture shock. Never seen a gay person either. Um, so, like, I had to get accustomed to a lot of different cultures. I had to get accustomed to different um, lifestyles, right? Um, a completely different language, right? So, I didn't speak any English. I remember I landed in JFK, and I get out of the plane, and there's a big black security guard. You can remember this at eight, like vividly. I do. I remember my second old birthday. I remember the day my mom left for my dad. You got great was, memory. Which is like, I don't remember what I had for breakfast, but I could tell you like what my what I did on my second birthday. So you have like deep-rooted memory. Yeah, but not it's weird. Wow. It's really weird. That's so yeah. cool. I remember my first day of school, um, all that kind of stuff. Wow. Yeah. Almost like a photographic memory? or is I it remember like, uh, it's, it's not bits and pieces, just that specific moment. So you get, you're eight years old and you get off the plane. Yeah, I, I get off the plane and I see this big black security guard. He gives me a high five and I get so scared because I've never seen a black person before. Like it was only on TV. So I'm like, and he's big, you know, and I'm like, holy shit. And people in America are much bigger than most of the world. And I'm like, holy shit, that's crazy. I got scared, but then I realized it's a high five. I knew what a high five yeah. was. I'm like, oh, he's, he's friendly. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like it was a, it was a complete uh, culture shock coming here. But um, after a few years, I got, you know, you just went to the normal schools, started yeah. learning. Yeah, exactly. I went. Uh, I mean, majority of the time. So I started. I, I first lived in North Carolina, Charlotte for like two months. Then moved to Florida, Orlando, and Sanford, and then moved to Syracuse, New York. Um, lived in a complete Syracuse. ghetto. 
Yep. We're from me and Sky from Albany, New York. Yeah, yeah. close. Yeah, very close. Uh, lived in the ghetto in in Syracuse. Um, went to a, a school. I mean, I literally started carrying a pocket knife to school when I was six uh, in sixth grade, just because of the conditions I had to walk through. I was wa- I walked to school every day. So um, all those things, which is really cool, which shaped me to who I am today. All the struggles I went through, um, like I appreciate. My mom always um, talks to me. She's like, I, I'm so sorry about what I put you through when you were younger. I'm like, don't be. Like it made me me. Like yeah, she, my mom's fully taken care of. Like she, she went from Charlotte have, to Sanford, and then yeah, sh- Charlotte. Or, uh, it was from Charlotte to Orlando to Sanford to Syracuse. So like four big moves before you're 16. Yeah, way before. Not counting the one from Ukraine. Yeah, and then um, at 12, I think I was either at 12 or 14, moved to uh, Fort Peters, Florida, then Port St. Lucie, Florida, and then stayed there up until I was like 26 or 27, then I moved to Miami. Nice. Yeah, a lot of moves. And there was a lot of moves in between that. Do you love Florida? or I love Florida. Love it. It's. I think it's it tough to state. go from like San, like Florida to have to leave to go to Syracuse? Honestly, I wasn't a big fan of the heat when I was younger. Right. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the beach. I didn't understand why until I learned what girls were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was younger. I didn't understand. I was like, I was upset because like, um, eight. I was like eight or nine. I asked my mom. I was like, hey, if there's no snow in Florida, does Santa Claus come? <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact: I was the last person in my friend group to to find out Santa wasn't real. <laughs> I I think I was too. I didn't want to like stop believing. I to didn't be honest. either. I figured it out one day when I all the the notes were always in capital letters and my dad only knows how to write in capital letters. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm like, damn it! <laughs> I think I figured it out when I when I had to give my parents gifts. I'm like, damn it! There's no. Well, there's uh, there's all these things that I scroll sometimes on reels and stuff, and I see like all this like I don't know why parenting advice because I don't have children, but my my news feeds str- infested with them, and they're all about like I'm never gonna tell my kid that the tooth fairy's not real, Santa's not real. And I think about it, like, if I have children, I would love to do that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> At least you're the one that's doing it, not their friends, right? <laughs> right, yeah. you know? It's fun to believe, man. Yeah. You got to believe. And, and I think there's a part that if you can believe in things like that, you can maybe believe almost in more crazy things, like building the largest Amazon automation company in potentially the U.S. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy where it's it's came to. It started with just like a marketing company. I would just sell the service for other companies, uh, which went very well. But I realized that, and this comes across to a lot of industries, most people don't know what they're doing or they just don't want to be good at it. And it was very, you won't believe how like, you look at people like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or anyone that's super successful, you realize they don't work that much harder than you they're not that much smarter than you. Most of the time, they are at the same level. Like, yeah, maybe Elon Musk is a different case. Like, he may be a genius. I don't know. I don't know him personally. Um, But most people just don't try. And when I realized, okay, let me take over and not just do the marketing, do the back end, do the fulfillment, do the actually build the whole entire system out, it wasn't as difficult as people would assume it is. It just takes time and patience and lots of failure. Yeah, I've, I've seen that a lot just working in tech startups and companies. When you get a salary from a big company, it's almost like everybody just tries to do the bare minimum to yeah. get that salary. Yeah. And it's really like soul side. And it's not even that. It's most business owners are like that, too. Once they start making a little bit of money, they're comfortable. So true. And if you're motivated by money, like, yeah, mo- money motivated me before, before I had money. But once you have money, it's like, all right. 
you just want to win. Yeah. You know, like Alex Ramosi talks about it a lot. Like, I just want to fucking win. Yeah, but it's soul-sucking when you're in that environment around people that aren't giving it all. And I think a lot of sort of entrepreneurs are b- born from the scenario that they're working for, a, you know, let's say a 10-person company and they have a great idea and they want to initiate that great idea, but everyone around them just is weighing them down and they just mm-hmm. can't break through and they're always yeah. just trying to like make their thing stand out and eventually they just had enough because building a business and starting a company and being an entrepreneur, you know, we just had Peter Taunts in here. Um, super amazing entrepreneur. He, he founded snap fitness mm. scaled to 6,000 locations around the world. Wow. Um, now nautical bowls is over at 56 locations started at two when he, when he joined, he's just an absolute, um, amazing human. And he was just talking that so many people call themselves entrepreneurs, but to call yourself an entrepreneur is to figure out stuff, being able to sail the ship when times are rough, not Absolutely. when times are fucking good. Absolutely. Yeah. That, and that's what, um, it was actually a few weeks ago um, when I was getting my blood work done. Uh, one of the tests is they measure some kind of protein in your body that deals with stress. And doctors like, you handle very the stress very well. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm ve- I'm actually very impressed with myself. Like, you know, we try to always impress other people. I'm trying to just impress myself, see what I can do from, for me. And I'm very impressed with how well the str- I'm, I was able to develop um, handling stress. It's a lot of that. That's what makes people fold. Everything that goes can go wrong typically does at some point, right? Like everything you can think of. But as long as you know that you can get out of it, that's your will to get out of it and f- be the, the solution provider. That's that's what it takes. And it's what leadership's all about. Because, yeah. you know, Peter was also saying that even even if you're screaming inside as the leader, you got to wear a straight face. Leaders don't. I, I literally when I first formed the company and then my first set of employees, I picked out the leaders, had a separate meeting with them. I'm like, guys, have you ever seen me had a bad day? And they're like, no. I'm like, you think I don't have any bad days? They're like, we don't know, sir. You're always good. I'm like, you're leaders now. You don't have bad days. It's a damn good day every day. <laughs> a damn good day. Yeah. You don't have bad days as a leader because everything trickles down from the top. So if you're having a bad day, your te- your company, your team's going to have a bad day. You got to you got to suck it up and figure out how to be good. Right. That's it. Yeah, you can't wear that emotion on your face. Yeah. Companies rise and fall in leadership, as John Max- Maxwell says. Have you had any specific advisors or mentors where you can kind of have that therapy session? I've never, I've, I've hired a few different people. I've never really had any success from hiring people for like mentorship specifically. I just done a lot of personal development, listening to people like Jim Rohn or Tony Robbins. Um, there's so many good names. I just like, were you ever in network marketing? Yes. Yes, I was. I was in, uh, it started off with wealth generators and switched over to Kugara. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also got my start there. Yeah, I think network marketing is probably the best place for anyone that's like 18 to 21 to start. For sure. Because it teaches you literally everything. I learned marketing, sales, um, people skills, yeah. everything through network marketing. Yeah, and crazy shit happens in MLM. Yeah. Like it's a wild, wild west. I mean, when I think about the all the times I've pitched the opportunity in front of like the most sketchy scenarios, mm-hmm. but you're just so excited that like everyone's going to get rich and everyone's going to be happy. Yeah. And yeah. then you, it almost seems like a blur, like looking back. But when you're like caught in the sauce and you believe, that's what's so exciting about network marketing. It's the gift of entrepreneurship. It's the gateway drug. Yes. You know, you get a hit, you get a taste. Yep. And you know, like, you know how 
things go south in MLMs all the time. Just yeah. like because just like I, every business, really. And you know what? It's interesting because like, it's so easy to get into MLM. It's so easy to get out. Yeah. It's very hard to build anopoly. It's hard to get out of anopoly because you put your heart and soul into something. And why would you? When you build a lot and you put your own money into something, you freaking fight for your life. But in MLM, yeah. they have such little skin in the game that people come and go so much. Yep. It's an it's a roller coaster. But I think that teaches you a lot about people and Absolutely. about understanding like when times are good, people stop working. And I was guilty of that too. I remember I hit the top rank in the company and I just like stopped working. Mm -hmm. that, you hear that all the time. My, my upline at, at, during that time would actually talk about that all the time. Is like the, the reason why he keeps leveling up is he doesn't look at it. Like it's cool to see the number go up in his, pay, uh, in his bank account, but like yeah. that's not what motivates him. All right. And that's kind of like what I learned too. And I mean, when I first cleared my $100,000 a month or, um, and did it consistently, I'm like, yeah, I got a little bit of lazy. And that taught me a lot. Uh, what happens when you take your foot off the, the gas, right? Um, happens yep. to all of us. But you're a young guy. You're <laughs> yeah, well, we got time. And, and the best part is, is, look, no matter what you do in life, you're going to die. Whether you do good, bad, doesn't matter. It's all going to end. That's To me, that's beautiful because I can put everything into it and just say I did everything I could to have the best life I, I could have had. Or I, if I want to, I could be like, fuck everything. It doesn't matter. So it depends on how you look at life. And my motivation is like, I know it's going to end. So let me just do everything I can. Because if I knew I was going to live forever, I probably wouldn't work as hard. Yeah. When I think of like life's biggest motivator, it's that day when you're an old man or an old woman and you're sitting in the bed and you're looking back at your life and thinking to yourself, and you, some, some homie rolls up, call it God, call it Jesus, call it you know, Gandhi, whoever it yeah. is, he comes up to you and he says, Hey, check out this video. And it's a video of the person you could have been yeah. if you never were too scared to go say hi to that person or give the girl your number or to make that video and start your business or to buy in an Anopoly store with, with uh, Vlad, you know, who would that person be? And like that shit just drives me up a wall yeah. because it's so scary because it's like we as people, naturally are just so caught up in our emotions and and, and and the biggest thing for people is fear and the reason why i brought that up it's like we're all gonna it's all gonna end no matter what is it doesn't matter what you're afraid of like your biggest fuck up it's gonna go away yeah. and nobody's gonna remember it either no like you know look at the rothschilds do you even know who they are they have massive families they're worth trillions but do you even know who any of them are no <sighs> that's a great point like, yeah, they made trillions of dollars, but I, their family's so big. I'm sure they're not all that well. You know what I mean? People don't even remember five days later, many scenarios. Yeah, like the Queen of Elizabeth died. Who gives a fuck? Really? <laughs> Seriously. Like, I mean, yeah, England cared for a little bit, but like no one's talking about it now. Right. Right. And she was in power for what, 60, 70 years, something like that. Yeah, that's fascinating how people situations come and rise so fast in today's day and age. Yeah. And I think it's because you go to your news app and you just see 800 crazy things that are happening that the, we're almost that desensitized <laughs> yeah. to like crazy shit. Yeah. So in your life, it's interesting. So basically it sounds like when you're taking on all this risk, cause a lot of people, when they look at you, you know, they see this guy that has, you know, employees around the world, automations around the world. You've helped countless numbers of numbers of people set up their own online stores. 
you're taking large sums of money from people promising returns and you're doing it consistently you're expanding you're growing mm -hmm. it, it, they look at you and they say holy shit how is this guy doing all this and it sounds like deep down you're doing it not for anyone else you're doing it for you and it's you're just you're I living just up to your win. potential yeah i just want to win like uh, well it's also it's not just for me because if it was for me i would have quit a long time ago and there's a point in my time in my business where literally I've been screwed over so many times in this business. It's insane. Different partnerships, people leaving, um, people completely dropping me, everything. The only thing that motivated me at that point is, like, shit, I have a lot of clients that believed in me. And two, I have a lot of people relying on me, whether it's employees, whether it's my mother. I take, I, I've take, i been taking care of my mother for the past four years. And I like, see that. No, no, like, I don't even post about that. Like, yeah, everyone, everyone looks at me. Oh, cool. Lambo. Nice yacht. Whatever. Like, guys, before I got any of that, I bought my mom a house. You in, post about her a decent amount, too, on Insta. Like, I see yeah. when you guys are going out and getting dinner. Yeah. That must be so pure like, yeah. to be able to help your it's mom the, like It's that. one of the best feelings in it. She's a in cool woman. I met her at the time at your house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she came she's over. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I've been taking that. That was my number one thing. I took care of my mom. I bought her a house and a car before I got anything nice for myself. What did that feel like? It's, it, there's no better feeling. Knowing that, like, I'm to, able to take care of my mother. Like, because that's, that's all I have. I don't really have a father. Um, He was never in the picture, so I don't really care about him. Um, But my, just being able to take care of her, because she sacrificed her whole life bringing me here and giving me an opportunity. So... Her, she, she's probably the best investor I ever met in my life, other yeah. than Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. Yeah, amen. <laughs> amen to that. What yeah. does she think of you with all of this? She, I don't, I don't think she understands how to comprehend me. She just like, but once I got my first job, she was never able like she, she would try to tell me or give me advice. Yeah. But that's when I started saying like, look, I, I'm, I'm my own person, and I'm gonna do what I need to do. I dropped out of college, all of that kind of stuff. Um, what that, year? I don't remember what year. I think I was 20 years old or something like that. Maybe yeah. Like nine years ago, whatever. I dropped out to actually become a boxer. That was my passion in the beginning. Um, and I didn't have a plan. I didn't like, I didn't really have, I wasn't into entrepreneurship then. I just wanted to fight. I just wanted to win. Right. And the boxing didn't work out. Uh, but I took that same mentality to wanting to win and put it into entrepreneurship. Was that boxing kind of, do you think that stemmed a little bit from like the craziness back in Syracuse and you just always trying to like, no, no, the, what stemmed boxing is I remember when I was growing up, me and my grandfather watched boxing fights all the time. Yeah. Um, I wasn't even that into it. I just remember like how cool it would like to just see a person at their top ability perform and fight and how it made everyone around that's watching feel. And I'm, I'm like, yeah. shit, like I could be entertaining. I could make money and I love the sport. Uh, so that's kind of like that one day I was literally sitting in, in uh, at the Kinsha counter and I said, okay, I'm, you have that I'm Rocky that. moment. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I'm going to do it. It's all, that's what I'm going to do. I put everything into it. I was, I was decent. I wasn't the best. Um, cause I only did it for a few years, but, um, but you had like professional bouts. I didn't have any professional. I was amateur. Amateur. So, um, I did, I did go, uh, open an amateur and I also did do international fights. Is as that well. adrenaline rush crazy? 
So that's the number one thing I tra when I trained, I try to get my adrenaline completely out of it. But yes, in the first few fights, it's it's, it's it hurts you honestly because the adrenaline takes up so much energy, and you got to go over multiple rounds, and adrenaline's not gonna be there, and you'll be tired. So you got to really control your adrenaline. Yeah. You want to be as calm. I would listen to jazz before I'd go in the ring because I wanted to be so calm. That probably serves you very well. Yeah. In, in work, you watch UFC. Uh, honestly, I don't watch any kind of sports. Really. Yeah, but uh, I mean, like I'll watch McGregor. Um, when I I watch. I like uh, UFC. Yeah, that's the only sport I really watch religiously. Sky's yeah. a huge Giants fan, so I said I was gonna be a Giants fan for the season, but that's <laughs> turned, that, that investment's turned out terribly. <laughs> but uh, UFC is amazing because I love UFC because no matter what, it's like the most respected sport amongst all the sports. Yeah. Because it's like you're gonna put your life and body on the line, mm -hmm. like all like you could literally die out there. I guess you could technically do that in football and rugby, but it's different. And yeah. But I know how you feel about Brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, I mean that's like when it comes to real life, right? Like Brazilian jiu-jitsu is probably not the best fighting style, just because in real life when you get into a fight, you don't know what the person has on them, you don't know who's with them, any of that. Yeah. So I mean, like I I carry everywhere I go. Really? Just yeah. Just because I, I hope I never have to use it ever in my life. But yeah, Sky watches like uh, what's that thing? Self defense channel. Active self protection. Do you ever see those ones? Active self protection. Those videos. Uh no, I haven't seen any. No. Yeah, it's basically like what this guy that it teaches you how to like. Yeah, he just he breaks down interactions out in the world, all over all over the world of knives guns robberies fist fights that turn into guns and just they analyze it top to bottom if there was any way to escape it if there was no way to escape it uh, but just like a deep look into sounds it interesting yeah 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 that is that interesting kinda like I, 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 I love that kind of stuff because like I, I mean like I, I love guns uh uh one of my favorite experiences i was um we i got into a chopper in uh, vegas and uh what was it was a machine gun on there it was, it was attached to the chopper and we we're just flying around shooting into the mountains and into our targets wow and that's uh that's an experience that's really cool and then uh this month i'm still uh, trying to finalize that. i'm gonna go to uh, texas and they have uh you could rent a chopper and you could uh go hunting for hogs is that the thing that that video they're like shooting the hot because they're what they're inf invasive I guess they're like yeah everywhere. they're super invasive and they're like destroy stuff um what, whatever the reason is it's like a good thing yeah that's why like they offer for people to do it so that's the next thing I want to try I just love that kind of adrenaline I stuff. feel you on on guns I like guns too I I actually got a gun though for the first time because I went through a really ske sketchy situation in Santa Monica when mm -hmm. those riots happened the George, like when the whole George Floyd thing happened yeah yeah all these stores i was on 16th and broadway in santa monica and just groves of people were just looting everything and no one was doing that, that's anything. when i that's when i bought my first gun is during that time too yeah yeah and it's like you know i definitely am not the type to like want to use my gun at all but i did feel genuinely like very unsafe at that time because yeah. i remember this guy this car pulled up to my apartment and i was facetiming my friend showing him this because there was a 7-eleven next to me and i was just like this is crazy, like being naive. And this guy looks at me, points at me. There's like four dudes in the car and says, that motherfucker's recording us. Let's go in and get his ass. And they Damn. get out yeah. of the car and I just shit my brains. I'm like, what the, what did I just do? Like, yeah. <laughs> I did not, I wasn't even recording them, but now it looks bad. And my, my girl roommate, Jess in the, in the building at the time, I'm like, what am I going to do right now? If these guys kick down this door, I am defenseless. Yep. And that fear was enough for me to want to get a firearm.
mm-hmm. and then an AR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's the, the, the idea of shooting and going out in the mountains is really peaceful. I have a good friend, Mario Cicchetti. He organizes this thing called uh, the gin. His thing is Gin Drinkers Anonymous. And the idea <laughs> is that you go out into the woods, like deep in Wisconsin, and you just go out and hike, bring the cars out there. You camp, shoot targets. And you kind of get that Westerner feeling because yeah. for so long, our, mm-hmm. we just used to walk, like roll around on horses with a gun, like my rifle, my pony, and me. By or, or, or just getting yourself dinner, right? Just like hunting for your own food. I, I think that's cool. I, I've never been hunting yet. So I think uh, going out in, uh, in Texas, shooting some hogs, I think well, that's going to be my first time. You ever do free diving? Uh, no, I have not. Never really got into diving. Stoked in it. I think no. you would be obsessed with spearfishing. Yeah. It's the most wild. I, I, I've, rush. I've been told that. Um, I'm just right now, right now I'm trying to get better at snowboarding. That's like my passion right now. Yeah. I love snowboarding, wakeboarding. Um, but of course I had that sur- uh, ACL surgery a few months How'd ago. How'd you tear it again? I was, um, I was in Park City, Utah. I was doing the terrain park. I was doing jumps and I was doing jumps that are way out of my uh, league. And that happened. Uh, that's that's just me though. I, I like you to know it myself. tore the second it hit. Were you like, uh oh? Nope. I thought it was a sprain. I snowboarded down after that. I went got some food. Went all the way back up in the mountain. Uh, so because I had to go get the car, and the car, the car was on the other side of the mountain. So snowboarded all the way down. Um, didn't snowboard the next day. I was like, yeah, it's really swollen. But got to the doctor and got an MRI and they said, yeah, you don't have an ACL anymore. I'm like, damn, that sucks. Damn. And I didn't know how bad it was. Um, they're like, oh, it's, it's a tear. Cool. Like, it will heal, right? Like, well, we have to do surgery. We have to rebuild it. And it's like a year to recover. I'm like, a year? <laughs> but you're, yeah. back, you're back up and moving in like seven months. Yeah. I just can't, like, play sports. I can't go snowboarding yet. Um, haven't ran yet. But I can, you know, I, I do squats. I start doing jumps again. So I'm getting back there. Well, one thing that this is going to do is, and whenever we have crazy health setbacks, is it forces us to level up our health game. Yeah. You know, for me a lot, Absolutely. like I've had gut issues a long time and now I'm very peculiar about what I eat, what I put in my body. Like I'm way more of sort of a, like a biocentric yeah, person. The past, the past month, that's where I've been focused on as well. Ever since I got my blood work, they told me like what kind of foods I should be eating more of or less of. Um, it's really interesting how like your body works and reacts to different things. Like some people can't eat watermelon or right. spinach, right? Um, like for, for me, avocados aren't good, <laughs> which is crazy. Cause everyone's like, avocados are amazing. Right. Um, to me, they're not the best. Not, not that I'm allergic to them or anything, but like if I don't eat them, it would be better. Right. But you, you feel shitty if you eat them. No, not at all. No, it's just it, like the for blood the work gut, said that you should for the gut. It. There's like it, it, your different enzymes. I, I don't honestly, I can't basically there was some certain enzyme that avocado was in that yeah yeah something like that yeah Yeah. but it's interesting because like with your leg now though you look at the world differently and because you have this injury you'll now put yourself in a position hopefully where you probably won't have any more injuries actually that's that's true you're about to go right back on the mountain yeah i'm definitely going back out honestly it's kind of it's kind of scaring me because like you know once once you realize, like, once you make start making a little bit of money, you realize what's actually available for your health. It's insane. Like, I got stem cell injections um, in my back, actually, a month before I had the knee operation. And I'll, I took ibuprofen six pills a day for eight years straight. And that's what kind of, like, destroyed my gut a little bit. Wait, in your back? Yeah, I had three herniated discs. How big? 
not big enough to get surgery, but but, was, but pain enough to where I would cry at night if I didn't take pills. Shit, bro. Uh, so eight years straight of ibuprofen. You didn't take like gabapentin or any of that stuff? Um, it wasn't sciatica? There was sciatica. It was Gab- sciatica. Gabapentin didn't really help me. Isn't that for your heart though? Gabapentin is supposed to... I also had really, really bad sciatica for two years. So, And also had bulging discs. Mm. Um, not quite herniated, but I know that feeling of just yeah. Not so being able I would just have pain going through my leg all day. Um, That's terrible, bro. And yeah, I didn't so know that. so that was in, I was in pain for eight years straight. I got stem cells, um, the right ones, because um, I've gotten stem cells before. I've spent a few hundred thousand dollars on different procedures on my back throughout life. Um, but these injections, six months later, I've been off of pain pills for a, a month now. Wow, insane. Like, I don't take any pain medications anymore. Dude. It's it's crazy. And then, like, my knee. I got stem cell injections there. I'm about to have BPC-157, the peptide. That should arrive within the next week. Where do week. you do that? Is that, like, Mexico? Uh, No, all here in Miami. Because I know a lot of people used to go out of oh, Panama. Panama's yeah, Panama is, pa- Panama is uh, famous for that. And only difference, so I, I asked the doctors. I'm like, so, like, what makes some stem cells illegal and some not? The only difference, the ones you get in Panama or in different Latin countries or in Europe is those stem cells are allowed to be reproduced and replicate. So each injection is instead of 2 million stem cells, it's like 7 million. Yeah. Whereas in the United States, they're not allowed to be reproduced. So it's only like 2 million cells in an injection. Uh, and the only reason they're really illegal is because, and this never happened before, but there's a chance that it could give you cancer if you allow them to replicate. Gotcha. But it's never happened before. Well, it's interesting that how much cheaper healthcare is in foreign countries as well. Oh, absolutely. Like I have this friend who was uh, in Colombia learning to paraglide, and paragliding is when you essentially take off with an umbrella, like a like a parachute, mm-hmm. and then you land in the same spot you took off. So you have to be in like a windy area, but it's like the closest thing to flying, not like gliding. It's so cool. And he was on his fiftieth solo flight, and he caught a downwind, came crashing down. And his basically his like spinal cord was severed. He was fucked and they rushed him to the hospital. They had to do like a emergency procedure to melt his spine back. And he remembered being there and they were like talking in Spanish. He didn't know Spanish. So he was just like, you had to sign his life away to these people. They did the procedure and he's like 99.9% good. And the whole thing costs like 12 grand. Insane. Yeah. I mean, it's a big business in the United States. It's big pharma is massive here. Massive. It's uh, it's it's kind of ridiculous, but at the same time, you can also, like, yeah, other countries, uh, will have free healthcare, right? Yeah. But I mean, in the United States, everything's about opportunity, right? You can beat anyone, you could come from any background, and you can make the money to afford anything you want. You have that opportunity. Whereas, you go try to start a company in in Europe, you can't. You can't just be eighteen years old going to start a company. They won't let you. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of loot. There's a lot of things you have to go through just to be able to open a company in a different country. Interesting. Whereas here, you, you I don't think you even have to be 18. You could just form an LLC. Well, you really have like the American dream, right? Come to America, build a business, take yeah. care of your family. It's crazy because like when I when I when I got got my Lambo, um, the uh, the sales manager he I was talking to him. He's like, dude, like you you you're the definition of an American dream. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. It's cool because literally anything you work towards, you can have. So let's talk a little bit about 
your business specifically. Yeah. You know, I've, uh, I've met different people throughout the world that have done some sort of like Amazon e-com or drop shipping. I know you guys don't do drop shipping. Um, but talk to me a little bit about the fundamentals of, of what exactly Anopoly does. Well, now at this stage, Anopoly, there's multiple Anopoly companies. It's all spread out. Um, so the, the whole, the whole concept of it though, is we buy low and we sell high. It's the oldest business model in the book. Um, so I, my distribution company goes out and gets uh, brand relations. So it reaches out to brands, uh, builds relationships from them. We get, uh, and then we buy massive orders from those brands. So, um, so we do research, obviously figure out what's moving on, on Amazon on Walmart, those types of platforms. Once we have that data, we, we reach out to those brands and negotiate deals, build a relationship with them, see what, where they need help. Also, it's not just about buying products. It's also making sure the brand's going to last and it's going to grow, right? I don't go out to like Tide or, you know, uh, any big brand name and try to buy their stuff. There's, what there's are no some of like the problems that you find with them that like you said, it's not just as simple as I'm going to go buy them, but they might need help too. Like yeah, what are some of those and things like they need help Most of the time in? they don't even know they need help. It's just, I know how to scale brands at this point. So I know what steps needs to be taken. And it's like, you know, Brands are good at making their product. That's what they're good at. Not They don't necessarily know how to market, how to advertise, and how to get in front of more people or how to use a platform like Amazon. Amazon is, yeah, it's a website that you sell products to, but there's a whole back end to it. You just think about it. Every, every time you type in a word into Amazon, it's a search engine. How do you get optimize that for your product to show up? instead of someone else's product when someone's searching for something specific. Right. And people right. are only going to look at the first page. Yeah. And it's in the back end behind the listings. There's so much work. And it's like, why should a brand even know how to do that? They, no one would know how to do that. So I come in and so when I buy, I also want to make sure we can buy and make sales. But I want to make sure we can keep getting larger and larger orders so I can scale. Because I'm onboarding more clients and we're going to have more money to spend. So I want to make sure the brand grows and the sale grows as well. So that's what my distribution company hand does. And my automation company handles all the clients, um, uh, takes care of their store, customer support, dealing with Amazon, all that kind of stuff. And then also now the Inopoly Fast and Forward, which is the, um, the prep center company. So obviously all of them work together. Yeah. So distribution company gets access to the products. The automation company um, helps the clients get access to those products, buy the products, and then sell them through Amazon or Walmart. And of course, before we uh, before we send the products to Amazon, we have to do a quality check and then uh, label it so where Amazon and or Walmart can read the labels and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of moving parts into it, but I handle every aspect of it to where a person comes in and instead of buying, for instance, if you have half a million dollars mm -hmm. and you go put that, I mean, you're in Miami, you probably get like a, a shack for half a million dollars right, right. now, yeah. right? But um, even if you go to like Texas or Tennessee, whatever, half a million dollars, you're looking at what? 12%, 15%, if you're a mogul, maybe 20% a year on your cash on cash return, right? Our lowest stores, of course, I can't guarantee any returns or anything. Like, I mean, the bank can't even guarantee you more than 250,000 in your savings account. Um, but like our, our lowest performing stores are, are in the high 20% annually. Like that's pretty insane. I mean, that explains why Jeff Bezos is so rich, right? We're not doing anything extraordinary. We're just buying products at a low cost because we have so much purchasing power and we negotiate with the brands and we push the products um, through Amazon and Walmart. It's so interesting that you mentioned that there's a lot of companies out there that build great products. They just don't know the marketing and back end. Yeah. 
So someone like you comes and says, wow, almost like an angel investor, if you would, and yeah. says, wow, this is an amazing product. We know that this would do very well here. Well, like, so we, we don't go after like startup, like as in like they never made any sales, but if they have traction, they qualify for us to look at them. So that typically at least a million dollars a year. Um, and then from there, it's like, okay, we could take this to 10, 12, $15 million. So you require the brands to like disclose financials to really get in there and understand. We already see it. We just see what they're, what's moving through, um, through the online marketplaces. Got it. We were only selling stuff that's already selling. It's right. just when we step in, it's much different. Cause like a lot of people ask like, Oh, Vlad, I want to build my own. I'm like, at this point, it's kind of, it's, it's not too late. It's never too late for anybody. If you want to do it, I'd say do it. But like you're, you're going to go compete against me and I'm bringing on clients that have hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy inventory. So the deals I structure with the brand, it's like, why would a brand sell to you when you're only, only going to put 10, 50 K into their brand where I'm, I'm putting in a few hundred thousand just for the first order. Right. And then I'm also going to help them grow too, because I'm investing in their products. Well, clients are, I want to make sure it's secure, protected. No one can fuck up the brand, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of things that we do to make sure the brand doesn't go away as well. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that there's like five different companies, right? That Anopoly is. There's many different layers and dimensions yeah. to it. But you also mentioned that a lot of people are lazy and a lot of people just don't work and put it together. And, and you saw this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. With each of these different companies, was it like a learning process for each one and figuring out how that... No. So you started with MLM. one and then it... Remember MLM? You recruit. I'm very good at recruiting. So when I don't... Like, I'm not the smartest guy in the room by any means. I'm just very good at figuring out, hey, I'm not good at this. Who can I find that's going to be good at this? That's all I do. And of course, yeah, you know, I got to sort through people and all that kind of stuff. But I'm also very good at painting the picture for people and having because like, what's the difference between a leader and a follower? Do you know? Um, explain. So a follower needs a place to go and a leader knows where they're going. Simple as that. So I just show people where I'm going. And if the people want to go to the top, then they'll go with me. Right. So I always know where I'm going. So like when I recruit people that know what they're doing in that specific area. Let's talk about that a little bit because you mentioned that you've been burned a lot in life and you've yeah. gone through a lot of ups and downs and heartaches and headaches and all the above and all the shittiness that has to do with being an entrepreneur. <laughs> what have some of those been the lessons you've learned when it comes to uh, bringing on good people to work with? Well, Honestly, it's just reading people. It's like, it's, I can't say like you can't trust this person or you can't have a partner just because I had a bad experience. It's no, it's you got to get better at reading people, understanding people's motives. I think that's that that's the number one thing because no matter what what's a company, a company is just people, right? Mm -hmm. As long as you know how to read people and figure out where people want to go, and that's why, like all my all the top leaders in all my companies in uh, in different fields, I know all their goals. Yeah, I know exactly how much they want to make. I know exactly what they want to buy with that money. I know um, if they want a family or if they want to travel. I know all of that to, um, from my all all my top leaders. So almost as part of the onboarding, you make sure that they have a clear vision of where they're going. No, I just want to know where I need to take them. I don't care if they want to be on the same level as me because most people don't want to level up to. They most people don't want to grow. They, they want to get to a certain point and be, and that's their happy point. Cause if everybody wanted to be rich, everyone would be rich. Right. 
Like, so I, you got to figure out that which makes a lot of why. sense. Cause people just stop when they hit a certain point. Right. Absolutely. And we talked about that back in MLM. When you hit a certain rank, you just give up or you stop. Yeah. Yeah. So you figure out where you, that's the number one thing. Like I want to figure out where everyone, is, where everyone wants to go and I'll create a game plan to help them get there. Um, and then figure out their motives. Um, figure out, because look, if everybody wanted to take care of their mother, they would, and it sounds good to say that, but why do most people don't do it? Just because that's not really what they want. Everyone says they want a family or maybe even get married. Then why does everyone do that? It's not what they want. It just sounds good. Most people lie to themselves about their own goals because it sounds good to say. Yeah. So you really, it's re- really reading people because I should have known the people that would have screwed me over. I, should, I honestly, now I know how to retrace to look back. It's like, oh, here's the red flags. Right. Now I know moving forward. It's like, all right, how do I cut? How do I one get better at seeing the red flags? And two, yeah. how do I make sure that those, that those um, that there's a safeguard. It's fun to look at red flags and think about like when you do find red flags, you can just almost see red flags in people and yeah, and especially in dating is big, you know, <laughs> that's one of the hardest places. Yeah, um, but it's interesting in business, like being able to see. Like one thing I found fascinating about being in the tech world, and you know, I worked with this facial recognition company. I was the first employee. We ended up building into about 35, 40 people, and had an acquisition. That was like my first like solid win in my life. It was awesome. But I learned a lot about like a lot of people are just kind of figuring it out as they go. You know, a lot of these people, they don't really have everything. They don't really know exactly what they're doing. A lot of people are just figuring it out as they go. Everyone is. I'm like that too. You know? I'm learning every single day. And the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. And it's amazing because someone might act very confident, but you don't know shit about what's happening behind that confidence. Right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but that's the beauty. Like, that's like, that's how, like, I remember when I first got into my industry and really any industry, I, I would look at people and like, they're not any different than I am. And the crazy thing is, I remember, I remember when I was younger and we were like, when I turned, cause I, I would look at my uncle who was like 20 years old at that time. I'm like, wow, he really has life figured out. Like he's like, he's, he has girlfriends, he has a job, he's doing this and that. I remember hitting 20. I'm like, bro, I don't know what the fuck is going on. You got to realize people in their fifties are still like that. People in the, I'll be driving around my car and people in their faces are like, Oh my God, this young kid has this, this and that, whatever. I'm like, nobody knows at any point in their life. Nobody knows what's actually going on. We're all guessing. We're all trying to do, we're we're just trying to like survive at the end of the day. Right. Everyone's just trying to survive. Everyone's in the same position. We're all equal. We're all created equal. No, uh, yes, if we're born with different advances and whatever, but our mind works the same way. We uh, every single one of us has the opportunity as long as we are able to accept the opportunity. Yeah, it's interesting when you think about baseball, how like the best baseball players, and you always see motivational speakers talk about this one. They love it. You know, it's like the best baseball player of all time only hits the ball three out of ten times. Yeah, meaning he misses seven out of ten times, yeah. and that rejection muscle is probably one of the most important things people need to understand. Absolutely, like rejection is part of the process. It's yep. feeling that you know it's going to say hi to someone and not getting what you want and trying again. It's knocking on the door. That's why I think door to door sales is like. Besides MLM, I think door-to-door sales is the best life teacher you can ever have in your life. Yeah, because you're going to be right on your feet. I, I did uh, door-to-door life and annuity sales. Yep. I yeah. think that turns you into a sales barbarian. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I've had guns pulled on me and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, man. But I only did it for maybe like six, eight months, and 
I couldn't take it anymore. What's also funny about being an adult is once you like get a home, you realize how many people that have homes that have never left their home in like 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many people that just don't like leave their, their, their spot. Yeah. They like sit in one spot and then just live there for 40 years and die. Yeah. Right. Like you have to, and as you get older too, you get more chill. You get more like in your comfort zone. Like me and Sky talk about it a lot. Like it's nice having a routine. Part of me really wants to go and move to Portugal for the summer. But then again, I'm also like, I really like going to UFC gym. Like, it's really nice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But to do cool shit, you have to be down with constantly just being uncomfortable and rolling the dice um, smart. But those tend to be some of our best experiences ever. Like, Absolutely. Like you getting into this business. Because, again, I've known a lot of people that have done it and they don't exist anymore. And you have. So let's talk about, like, what are the biggest mistakes people in your space have done um, where, you know, you've ended up king of the hill? They don't invest into their business. It's, uh, it's so simple. Like, invest into your business. Like, I didn't buy anything nice for myself. I bought everything for my business first, always. Um, I invest into my people a lot. Um, my employees get triple the average pay. Um, the amount of money I spend on mentorship, not just for myself. I don't care about myself. Uh, it's for the company, for the employees. Like Everyone that's doing anything good with Amazon is, is in some way of a form on my payroll. Um, every I just simply invest into the business. Uh, and also, when things get tough, just figure it out. That's it. And again, you got to have the mindset to win because everyone I know also that wasn't involved in this before they're all gone. And right now, currently they're dropping like flies because they don't have an infrastructure built out and they don't have any safety protocols built out. Um, and yeah, everyone makes mistakes, but you got to go through it. That's cool that you talk about investing in people because it's the people that build the business. Right. Companies are just comprised of people. And when people want to work, they freaking work. Yeah. When people are forced to work, they don't really work. I mean, dude, it's ex really expensive. Like my baseline, I think, um, without me investing to the business or anything, is, it's, it's, I have to spend over 100000 a month. It's like 120000 130000 at this point. That's just like for, for me to just like survive payrolls moving everything it's insane operational structure um and that's just without investing in anything new or adding anything right and we're continuously adding new offices new training programs a new mentors and every one of those is potentially in a, a thing that you can be successful at or can be a detriment to you like you spend too much on an office and there's all these costs like there's a lot of it's factors not, dude, like i have people that pay 100 grand a year just to be able to send them a text not a phone call a text it's like things like that, right? It's just like, yeah, people pay me a hundred grand to like to build them a business, but like I pay some people just to be able to like text them, like, hey, I have a problem. Yeah. And they're like, here's an article or like, here, do this, whatever. Like, right? Um, those are the things that like, I heavily, that's why I just heavily invest into the business. It's, it's kind of like there's nothing else that really matters. I don't really like I don't care about nice clothes. I don't care about jewelry. I don't care about any of that kind of stuff. I love vacations. I'll, I'll spend money on a vacation. But other than that, I just it's your baby, though. Yeah, you know? it's my baby. Exactly. Your baby. I, I treat it. I, I treat it as a living, breathing thing. I see my employees every single day. Um, I see my client chats uh, every single day and it motivates me to make it even better. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's the lead. That's that's the that's the Vlad from freaking Ukraine, man. Yeah, stepping in hot, coming in here at eight years old. 
my pitch in MLM was I was like, I came to the United States eight years old with a suitcase full of clothes that didn't even fit me right. <laughs> and I actually have a picture on my Instagram of like that. What when was the OG Vladdy Daddy reveal? Man, I think it's when I bought a yacht. That's when people started calling me Vladdy Daddy. <laughs> Do uh, you like that name? I mean, I'll or just it's stuck. Fun. It's fun. I love it's it. Fun. I used to I because I all my coaches, like my boxing coach, my football coach, would always call me Vladdy, and then girls would call me Daddy, and then somehow it all like came together, and it's like Vladdy Daddy. And I used to hate call, being called Vladdy. Mom, like, yeah, Vladdy's cool. I mean, that's like a really good viral type of thing. Yeah, you know, like I, Sh I, Sugar Sean O'Malley, Vladdy Daddy. Like, it's, yeah, it's there. Yeah. Every so yeah, ever since I got the yacht, it, it kind of like more and more people started uh, calling me that, and it just kind of caught on. Yeah, yeah, Miami's a cool place, man. Because it's there's so much unique cultures and people here. I was living in Santa Monica, and then when the um, COVID hit, I immediately bounced and moved to Miami. That was almost four years ago, and it's been such a great decision. I really see this place as like a like a long term U.S. home base. I could potentially see myself leaving the country and like going to Portugal or something, but for the U.S., Miami's dope. What do you think about Miami? Um, I I think it's just one of the greatest spots in the world. And here's the thing with me with living, I don't I can't really. Like, cause I've lived in so many different places around the world. Um, like I don't really have a home base. I don't consider anything a home base. I definitely in the near future, I want Miami to be one of my home bases, but honestly, I want to have spots everywhere. Miami's cool. Like throughout the winter. Right. Right. And that more people come here on vacation. Um, it's not as hot, but like, you don't want to be here during the summer. It's, yeah, it's miserable. Brutal. It's brutal. Um, so I like, I, I love San Diego. Um, San Diego is the second. If uh, there's one other city in America that captured my heart, San Diego. Yeah, that's that's my second favorite city, in the United States. And then of course, like Colombia. I love the Philippines. I lived in Medellin for six months. Yeah, yeah. it was the, it's amazing. Back it, in 2015, it's it's before it's, it was cool. The cultures, right? Like also, like let's get on a topic of like relationships of women, right? Like, you know, I I feel like women in in United States are just they're slowly getting ruined. It's it, it, depending on the preference, of course, right. but you know, I, I like a woman that knows how to take care of a man. Right. And when you go to like Philippines, you go to certain parts of Europe, you go to Latin America, you get a lot of that. You get a, a lot, lot of that appreciation. Yeah. Yeah. Nurturing. Well, it's interesting because in the U S like a lot of people, when they get old, they put their parents in nursing homes. Yeah. Like that's like the norm. Right. But in a lot of these like Spanish and Latin type of countries, it's like, and like India, you know, grandpa's chilling there at 99. Oh, that's, like, that's majority of the world. That's yeah. how it works. Like that, you know? I, li I literally live with my grandparents. And like the only time you move out of your parents' house and like where I'm from is if you're getting married and you're just moving to the other person's parents' house. That's how it is. Yeah. Like families always live together. Here it's a concept of you got to leave. You'll be by yourself. And nobody even has a good reason to leave. Like. I hear a lot of um, entrepreneurs say, you have to leave your hometown. You have to do this. You have to do that. Like, I started making 100 grand a month before living with my mom. Like, I, well, yeah, I bought her the house, but, like, I never had to leave my hometown. I, I didn't rely on my friends or family to dictate my success because nobody understood what I was doing. No, Everyone thought I was crazy, but I didn't give a shit. I still did it, living in my hometown, going to the shitty gym, you know, not seeing anything cool, not doing anything fun not having anyone successful around me. I was just like, all right, I would watch YouTube. That's yeah. that's how I saw successful people is through YouTube. 
Yeah, it's interesting with the American stuff and relationships because it goes on both ways. Like guys are definitely messed up just as much as girls from that scenario. Of course. I yeah. mean, the reality is, is that we live in a place where we're constantly just embossed in this, you know, adrenaline and dopamine when looking at social media and yeah. everyone compares their highlight reels to everyone else's, but everyone pees and poops and goes through crazy shit, but no one ever shares that. And we're always just thinking the grass is greener on the other side. I think that's the biggest difference in vibe I feel from like maybe other cultures is I think it's just more steady and going versus like in this culture, it's work, 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 level up, level up, level up, options, options, options. And when yeah. you have so many options, like how do you pick? <laughs> it, 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 you're stuck basically because you can't, it's like you have too, too many of one thing in front of you. You simply can't grab one thing. That's how it works. Yeah, or it's, it's just like deep down in like my super white gringo DNA. I just want to like find myself with some some Spanish chick deep down in the <laughs> deep down in Peru, you know, like hunting in the jungles in the Amazon. It, it is interesting because like Spanish like from what I've noticed, Spanish girls do like white guys, and white guys typically go after Spanish girls. It's it's, it's weird. Um, it's it's like I meet a lot of Cubans, and like Cubans love Russians, Russians love Cubans. I'm like. Oh. And they, it's kind of mixed together in there now. Right? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Relationships are big because the person that you choose to be in a relationship with is who you're going to spend so much of your time and energy with. Yeah. And it's the single biggest decision in your life. If you do decide to get married, like this is this is this thought process can also overanalyze and might be the, the reason of everything. I'm just talking about the culmination. No. But, what's your thought process on marriage? Are you going to ever get married? I believe in monogamy. I believe in being with one person. I do not believe in signing the papers. Yeah. But I also have not met a girl because I don't think marriage is like, I, I don't see marriage as being a smart decision, but love isn't smart. Love is reckless. Love is exciting. Love yeah. is fuck it. We're doing it. Me and you, baby, Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> I haven't met a chick or like had a bond that I've just felt that is a no brainer yet. Where it's like, you know what, I'm going all in with you. Because the reality is I think marriage can work really well. If you have a like the person lined up with the right values, they mm -hmm. love their family, they they're caring, then by all means, like I'm all about providing. Like I don't even want the girl like I married to work if she doesn't have to. Like yeah. I like the idea of like the stay at home mom, the vibe, right? But at the same time, the contract of marriage, like fifty percent of them are gonna blow up. So yeah. it's like just strategically, like if you don't sign that paperwork, at least you don't get thrown into those odds. But you could also say that about entrepreneurship. Nine out of 10 businesses fail. So why mm -hmm. start a business? Absolutely. What are your yeah. thoughts on marriage? Um, it's definitely like the contract. I don't agree with that at all. I, like if I was to ever find a person that would want to spend the rest of my life with, I would do it, but I wouldn't want sign a contract for it. I'd have a wedding and stuff like that. Weddings cool. are tight. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't like sign contracts or anything. Um, and yeah, I also believe it really depends on the person's development and where, what stage they are in their life. It's like, for me, I don't want to, I don't want to be married right now because marriage would give me restrictions. I would have to answer to somebody to, when I'm traveling for business or for fun or whatever. Right. Um, just because like, for instance, um, I, I saw this on a TikTok or, uh, maybe on YouTube. It's like a lot, a lot of guys. All, right, well, all guys, we, the, uh, up until like we're 30, we almost have no value, right? We, because it doesn't matter how we look, like nobody really cares. We have to build everything up, 
right? We have to pr- we have to create some type of value because no one's gonna pay us for looking beautiful, or pretty, or handsome, right? Um, we have to gain skills, and once we gain those skills, like okay, now we can go actually and get a table at a club. We can go get a first class flight to Europe and eat the best food and have parties, all that kind of stuff. Whereas you know, a girl turns 18 and she, and she, if she looks sort of decent, puts some makeup on. She's in, she's going, getting flown out to Europe, flown out to the rest of the world and having the best time of her life. Right. Right. So it depends on the stage of her life. Um, Men and, peak late. Yeah. We, peak, like we, we don't have that opportunity. It's like we 35, have so I think, is considered like the peak of a man. But really, a man peaks throughout his whole life. Yeah. But I mean, you could say that about other things. But that is a case of common culture is that women do get on the yacht at 18 yeah. versus a guy has to own the yacht or have a friend with a yacht. To yeah, get on exactly. The yacht. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like it depends on the stage of a life and Cause like I, yeah, I partied when I was, you know, 16 through, I want to say like 20, 21 maybe. And then I completely stopped going out, completely stopped doing everything from like 21 to probably was like 27 when I got a yacht. Then I started partying again. So it was a good like six years or something like that of just straight grind, not doing anything, not nothing fun. Like other than like maybe go out to dinner with some friends. So that was like, okay. I put my head down, I worked, I built, um, and I'm still building at, at, while I'm doing this. But now it's the point I'm like, okay, I, I can go out and enjoy myself. I can go um, get a table at a club. It's not going to kill me. Like spending, you know, 10 grand on a table, it's not going to do anything. That's pretty, right? that's, that sounds fun. Yeah. Like those types of things, it's like, that's what I worked for. I wanted to have the freedom to be able right. to do that. Um, you know, and it's cool because like, yeah. I didn't go to college parties. I didn't go, you know, I wasn't in a frat. I didn't get to experience all that kind of stuff. But now it's like, all right, partying is way cooler when you have money. <laughs> way cooler. The shit that you can do um, is insane. That sounds like a, like right out of the Wolf of Wall Street, that quote. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's interesting about the marriage thing is social pressures. Because I think a lot of people, if you look at marriage as a contract, you think it's a crazy contract. But it's really tough on women if you're not married because every one of their friends is telling them, why aren't you married? Why aren't you married? Why yeah, aren't you married? that is true. It's, it's, it's a so ho- it's, a, it's hard for women to mm-hmm. be with a guy long term and not be married just yeah. simply for the social pressure. Yeah. And like, I mean, you, you brought that up. Like you would want your, your woman not to have to work, right? Like, I mean, my, my ex previously, she didn't have to work at all. She, she actually got, got rid of her job. I provided, I'm a provider. I love to take care of people around me. Like I take care of my mother. I take care of the woman in my life. Like I'll always do that. Um, And honestly, like even if something doesn't work out, I am still there. Like I'm still there to help no matter what. Like I I like, I don't really, I don't like to break off anything completely and just get rid of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's really, it's like exes. It's, I hate if I don't have a good relationship with an ex. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, well, why not? You spent so much time with them. Right. Why would you have a bad But I think a lot of it comes down to, like, emotional maturity at the time of doing it, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel I m- matured deeply, like, over than who I was four years ago. Like, deeply as a person. Mm. It's like sometimes when I think about who I was at, like, tw- in college, I'm, like, disgusted. You know? <laughs> <laughs> at the time, you know, you're like, great. Yeah, I mean, dude, in college, you're still learning how to wipe your own ass. Like, 100%. It is what it you is. Know? Yeah. But every like three years, we like shed our skin and become someone new. Yeah, yeah, it, and of course, it depends how how hard you work on yourself as well. Because you know, most people they 
they kind of stop learning once they get out of college, right? Like True. most people just kind of like, all right, I know what I know. I'm going to get my job and do the, do whatever I want to do. Like every day I'm almost, I'm trying to put myself in a situation where I'm trying learning something new, whether it's about exercise or yeah. about business or simply just meeting people and getting to know different people. Yeah. Like one thing I find I struggle with is just doing nothing. Like if I'm not working or grinding on cigars or like building the business and making calls and building relationships, I'm in some rabbit hole learning about some plant that I'm trying to plant in the front yard. Like what what's going on with that thing? Like how do yeah. you take care of it or how do you landscape or how do you do this? There's so many fun rabbit holes to go down <laughs> that I think that one of the biggest life hacks is curiosity. If yeah. you're curious about something, you'll find the answer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I had to, um, oh, Actually, another thing for those that are going to be listening about, you know, I, I said, put your head down and grind. And, you know, it, it was like six years of me just not having fun. I had to retrain myself how to have fun again. I had to retrain myself. Hey, it's OK for me to go out. It's OK for me to, like, take the boat out or have a party or anything. Because I would get super guilty about that. But really? Then, yeah. It's like, all right, well, I'm not working, so I'm useless. But no, yeah. it's like that's not how your life is. And, and it's crazy because, like, it became like a disease almost like I'd be scared to have fun. Now, the the more fun I have, the, the honestly, the more business I get because people love to have fun. They want to be around people that are having fun. Totally. That's that, you gotta be. You gotta do badass shit if you want badass things in your life. That is very true, especially if you want to attract those types of people too yeah. that are gonna vibe with you. Yeah. But it's interesting. Some of the best things in life are the simplest things in life. Right. Of course. Like you talk about the $10,000 table, like that is epic and that's a lot of fun and you've earned the right to do that. But at the same time, there's sometimes there's just, it's priceless to just go on like a hike with your boys or just go paddle boarding or just like, just Zen out, you know? Yeah. Or just like turn on the Xbox and just, like just play game out, yeah, play some exactly, old school, yeah. like some, some reach. Let's go. Yeah. There's a balance to everything, right? Like, you know, getting tables gets boring, bro. Right. I'll, I'll go a, a, a month of like, every week and just get a table and now i'm like ah fuck, i don't want to do this shit again and then like six months later I'm like all right let's let's do that again <laughs> you know what i mean like turn that engine back on yeah yeah it's, it's like phases in life so like then i'll just or i'll go travel for a whole entire month and then yeah. i'm like damn i miss miami and like i'll be in miami for two but it's months good you like, travel because then you miss miami like me exactly. and sky were just talking about this like it's just so good to get out of the house you know you gotta like go out and you don't even in a relationship. I feel like you know, not not you don't get out of the relationship, but I think it's good to spend time away from one another. Yeah, you know, like I can't imagine being with someone twenty four seven. Like, how does that? It's it's. Not, a, it's it, it I can't hang out tough. with my parents like that, you mm-hmm. know, or my dad. Yeah, you like, can, I miss my dad. But you got to put yourself in new environments and totally. new experiences to constantly, and that's how you grow too. If you're constantly in the same spot, like it literally limits your mind. Um, that's why every, every couple of years I always move. Cause I, I want to, I want a different environment, even if it's like, even if it's just a building across the street, like it's going to be a different environment. Your brain's going to work differently. Totally. That's so and true. You want to put yourself, you want to give yourself all the advance, um, uh, advances you can or all the opportunities you can to grow. Yeah. And I think traveling, putting yourself in new environments. Like I go to, I, I have multiple gym memberships. I go to different gyms. So someday in the morning I'll go to one gym at night to do cardio. I'll go to a different gym. Well, I'll just go to a completely different gym for the whole entire day. I like that. I like the changing up. Yeah. It's good. It's good for the soul to have different experiences. One, you, you, more experience, um, more opportunities to meet different people 
or simply just like you, you'll start thinking differently just because you're in a different room. Like, That's you, why I like doing the podcast because it's like I can get such different types of people on and it keeps me sharp, keeps yeah. me thinking differently. Like just you speaking, like I've already just learned so much from you in this conversation that I didn't know about you and like the philosophies that if you do this consistently over many years of different like high performers and individuals, they wear off on you and you mm -hmm. like take a piece of everything yeah. and it just makes you into a better person. Cause it's like a lot of these people, when they get older, when you look at guys in their forties, fifties, like they don't give a shit about like their follower count or how cool they are. Like they, they yeah. care more about like what they've built and like the people they're around. And I think like, that's what I'm investing a lot of my time in is making sure my circles dialed. You know, yeah. like my, the people that I give my energy to and vice versa are just like good people that want to see me win and I want to see them win. Because if you get people like that, you're unstoppable. Because I don't think this is a this isn't a single person game. This is a team game. Like people operate better in tribes, you know? Yeah. I mean, human beings are social creatures. Now, everyone has different levels. Like I, I, I drain. I get drained when we're on people constantly. I need to get be by myself to recharge. Yeah. Whereas, like, my business partner, um, one of my business partners, he, he literally gains energy from being around people, right? So, like, uh, you got to figure out who, who you are for yourself and figure out, like you, like you said, you take a piece from everybody and just construct yourself. Right. Take the best parts of everyone, see what works for you, and then do that. Yeah. Here's a question. If you weren't in automation, what other industry would you go balls to the wall in? Yeah, I mean, everything freaking works. Everything works no, and nothing doesn't. So like whatever, whatever the opportunity would be in front of me, like if I don't know, if, actually I had this question asked me yesterday. It's crazy. Um, if I know what I know now, I would do what I'm doing now. If I didn't know what I know now, I would, whatever industry I, I would be in at that point or that's presented to me or I learned about, that's what I would go into if I liked it. Like, I have a bunch of friends that are crushing in the solar industry. Crushing it. A um, bunch of friends that are crushing it in software industry, right? It's And as long as you have the idea, you don't have to build the software, right? We just have the idea. And now I'm at a point, like, I got softwares being built in my company. Um, there's a bunch of different things that we're building right now that, like, one, would make the company 10 times more valuable. But, two, I'm like... Dude, what the fuck? Like the stuff that we're working on right now is insane. Like I never thought being distribution, never thought it'd be like, I don't know how a warehouse operates, but I got a whole really successful warehouse yeah, I see operation. You guys, you're purchasing a bunch of warehouses. Yeah. It was like, I, I, dude, I, I don't even know what to ask when I'm buying a warehouse. Right. Like uh, the only thing I know is like, I remember when I first started shopping, this was like a few, um, two years ago or something. Uh, the only question I could think of was like, Hey, this is warehouse leak. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to ask. And to this day, honestly, I still don't know what to ask. But like my partners or my employees, they know everything. Um, they're setting up all the all the shelvings, getting uh, forklifts and all this stuff. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know like what kind of shelves we needed. I'm like, eh. right. Finding people that are good at it and working with them. Yeah. Focusing on what you're good at, staying in your lane. So it really doesn't matter. Like, I mean, whatever I, I would be introduced to at that point, And if I liked it, I would just go all into it. Like I just, I just right now I can't imagine myself in anywhere else, but I can also at the same time, I know I would want to win wherever I'm at. Totally. And there's different seasons, you know? Yeah. Like I, I, I did decent in MLM. I did uh, pretty damn good in car sales, pretty damn good in insurance. 
Um, MLM, I, th- I don't know if I was like 800 or over a thousand downline, whatever. Cool. My first car, my first month in car sales, I did, I think like 15 or 17 cars. And I literally, my, my secret was, I just told them it's my first day every day. <laughs> so no one was under the impression I was trying to sell them. Like, Hey, I'm not even allowed to sell you a car. It's my first day. I, I'm just here to like, see what you know. This is my first day. I yeah. And that. I would just be selling cars like that. Um, so like, I just, I just like doing, so I know whatever industry I would have went into. Um, I just don't study industries right now cause I'm just only focused of course, on mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's just more of like, uh, I'm just curious because a lot of our listeners have their own companies. They're, they're in their own startups and there's so many different ways and businesses that you can win. Everything freaking works right now, dude. Like I, it's going to be a huge in demand skill. Anything, anything like trade related is going to be insane. Like honestly, probably like getting into construction right now is insane woodwork, right? Like a lot of, I, I would go into anything that rich people want or need. That's so good. That's a great answer because you could dictate the price and you can make the service better. Yeah. Like you see that guy who makes those crazy tables out of like serpent serpents and like Crocs, like Joe Rogan has one in his studio. I don't know if you've seen that guy. That thing is crazy. But you can market your art through Instagram now like never before. Yeah. You can be some girl that just takes a giant can of paint and just flashes it all over her body and then jumps on a canvas. And next thing you know, some dude's paying 20 G's for that. Yeah. Because you put some TikTok shit behind that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, any, any anything, any, any trade-related business, I think, right now uh, to get into. Because most people are like, you know, you, you see all these, um, all millen- not millennials, Gen Z now, right? We're on Gen Z, the, the newest generation. They're all, they only know how to work a computer and a laptop or a, or a phone. Like they're once they, once they start making money, wanting to spend that money, yo, someone needs to build them a house. Someone needs to design their, their house or make furniture or anything like that. Right. And I feel like no, none of them are going into like trade related work and they're going to need their toilets repaired and stuff like that. And that's why I like talking with George, uh, George Moros, because from Moros construction, because it's like, he came here and he didn't know anyone, didn't know anything. And like, having you know two homes now and and going through the process of understanding like how it works there's so many things that are simple but complex when you have like six to ten moving parts but it's simple and if you have the relationships you can crush like Mm -hmm. if you're getting service at a good price and you get it at a good price if you're giving good service and you're able to move get people into good jobs it's incredible and i saw what he did with that and it's really cool i like what you mentioned the trades are interesting there's a Anywhere you water, you're going to grow. You just got to become the best at what you're doing. And that's what we're trying to do with like custom cigars. We want to become like the number one place where when someone thinks custom cigar, cigars.com, like make it so easy, three easy exactly. steps, go. And, and you think about it, um, you don't even like, you don't, if you want, you can build a plumbing company and not know how to fix the toilet. You could build a doc. You could build a, a healthcare company, not having a doctor's li- license or anything. You could do all of it, even if you don't know how to do it. You just got to put the pieces together. Entrepreneurs like Henry Ford didn't design the. V- He's the first one that created the uh, V6 engine. He didn't develop it. His engineers did. Right. Right. Elon Musk isn't there perfecting the car or um, the spaceship. Like he's putting the people together that are smart to work on that. And yes, he gives us, you know, um, opinions and recommendations, but there's, it's other people doing it. Entrepreneurs are simply about putting the pieces together and making sure it's a good working environment. And, and the person that you're the person that knows where you're going. So people know where to go. 
you know, Vlad, every time we do a podcast, I always ask this one question because it's so interesting and you kind of re-hinted on it. And if you could go back in time and you could have talked to Vladdy Daddy at 16, knowing everything you know now, you know, what is maybe something that you would have told young Vlad that could have saved you a ton of time, money, heartache, tears? And naturally, one of the best answers is I wouldn't have changed anything because it made me who I am today. And or I would have invested in Bitcoin. Nah, I saw myself to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Skip but, all of that. Just but, make all the money and but think fun. about it. Like, what would you have told that guy? Like, right, if you had a chance. Sheesh. Consolidate everything into like a few hours or like a few sentences. I mean, other than like he's running team doubles in Halo Reach, just like with the boys smashing bagel bites. I w- I would say I would say focus more on learning how to build relationships uh, versus becoming really good at something priority wise. Uh, because uh, when I moved to the United States, you know, I didn't understand language. I didn't understand the culture. I was very segregated for a long time, and I was I wasn't very good at like making friends. Um, like I didn't even talk to a girl until, until I was like sophomore year in high school. Like I just scared to, um, so building relationships for me in the beginning was very difficult and I never prioritized it. I would prioritize like schoolwork or something else versus relationships. I would help. I would basically emphasize building relationships more and stronger, um, versus just like, for instance, getting really good at, um, homework or something like that you know what i mean um because that would take would have catapulted everything faster for me i love that yeah it's the truth relationships change everything one relationship can impact you in really good or really bad yeah and learning how to navigate that and form powerful relationships that's it yeah and and just and honestly just having more fun like um at the end of the day we don't know when our last day is nobody knows um you just want to have more fun in your life because really like we're all we're all working we're all obviously our first instinct is survival yeah. but once we have everything we need to survive we just gotta enjoy life because nothing's that serious amen we need to have more fun we need to hit the range together too yeah let's do it let's let to, to having more fun man um, this has been so much fun like yeah. just getting to know you more like you're one of the most humble down-to-earth dudes in miami and i'm so grateful that we connected through this path which I forgot. Oh, I met Caleb's girlfriend, Alexis. Yeah, and then you came and out to one of the parties. And that's parties. how I met you. And I'm yeah. so grateful that happened yeah. because you know, uh, you all you guys are so awesome. So this has been great, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, yeah, this was fun. I appreciate you having me here. The damn good day show featuring Vladdy, Daddy. I could talk <laughs> to you another three hours, but I know Sky's <laughs> got shit to do. <laughs> how long has it been though? I think it's been over probably like an hour twenty. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, time flies, man. Time flies. But, yo, this is another damn good day, and we're making moves out here, people. I hope everyone enjoyed this. I appreciate you. How can everyone follow you on the Insta, on the, on the uh, social? Yeah, uh, Instagram is Vl- my full name, Vladislav Verzuk. But just search Vladdy. I'm typically the first or, like, the third option. There it is. Appreciate you, brother. Till next appreciate time. You.